Welcome to Pageant Planets Podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome everyone to another Pageant Planet podcast. This is the podcast for contestants who want to be inspired and discover how to win the crown. Today, Jesse and myself are covering the life of Rachel Slauson. So today we're going to be taking a look at a contestant that will be competing for Miss USA 2020, Rachel Slauson, who is currently our Miss Utah USA. And Rachel has gained a lot of publicity since her win at Miss Utah USA, not because this is her fifth time competing for a state title in the USA system, but because she is the first openly bisexual contestant to compete at Miss USA. Go girl. Yeah. This time competing, Rachel chose to disclose on stage her sexual preference and looks forward to carrying a genuine and authentic self all the way to the Miss USA stage. Pageants have evolved over the years, and so has society with the growing acceptance of individuals from the LGBTQ. And this year is another example of how we are seeing the two grow together. And Rachel is also eager to share her platform of suicide prevention and mental health by traveling to schools and youth groups across Utah. She also created the hashtag, hashtag I am why, as a way to encourage younger individuals to take ownership of their lives and be their own reason to be alive. Rachel is an artist, an actress, comedian, international flight attendant, and a mental health advocate and speaker. Wow. The pageant communities around the world are made up of people of varying sexualities, educational backgrounds, and mental health diagnosis. And Rachel hopes to directly reach out and inspire the people in these communities to realize that they are represented on all levels in the society. And many young women dream of being Miss USA. For Rachel, she began working towards her dream at just 19 years of age by competing for the title of Miss Utah USA. So this was Rachel's first pageant ever, and it's not uncommon to compete for a few years to win a state title. And while most pageant girls competing in the Miss USA system know this, Rachel was really unprepared for what came after not winning her first pageant. So that night, Rachel, she was left wondering like why she wasn't good enough to win and whether it was directly correlated or not. That same year, she attempted suicide at the age of 19 years old. Well, and this this hits home for me specifically because I'll tell a little story about why I think a lot of people get involved in pageants in the first place and it was the same for me, is that I was totally an outcast when I was growing up. I went to a private school with the same pe- 72 people from kindergarten to high school. And when you have that small community and people think one thing about you, that thought never changes. So you can never get out of that way. And I was definitely not on the right side of town. My, my parents did everything they could to send me to a great school. And I'm very grateful for that. But as a result, I was not in the cool kids group. I was not included in a lot. And there's only 72 kids in the school. If you're not in the the major group, you're not in any group. Mm. So I got into pageants because I spent a lot of time at home. And Stephen, I had told you, I've I've said it on this podcast, I would sit at home for hours analyzing pageants because I would watch them and I would say, you know what, like their peers and their, what they have to say, people around you don't matter in that moment. It's your achievements, your accomplishments, your ability to present yourself, and that's where you're getting your validation. So whether that's healthy or not to start with when you're coming from that place of like, I just want to be valued and validated, pageants are a really easy way to do that. And I don't think I'm alone 
in that. And I also experienced suicidal thoughts as a teenager, like Rachel. And it was pageants that helped me get out of that. Not necessarily in this case, Rachel, I think, already maybe had some underlying issues that that challenged her further. I felt great when I was competing, even when I was losing, because I felt like at least I was doing something where nobody else could could tear me down about it outside of this pageant space. So I think a lot of pageant contestants, they see pageants as a way to build their self-confidence outside of the traditional means of school, peers, bullying, et cetera. So it's and, al- go ahead. So it's almost like if you win, right, then you prove to your peers it didn't include you in the group, like, no, I am good enough. Well, you is proved yourself at is? that point. Yeah, okay. you proved yourself more than any. I never thought I was going to get cool by winning pageants. Like, that was never my goal. I never thought people would accept me differently. It was just like, for me, it was like, okay, yeah, I have something special inside of me that other people just aren't seeing. And this is proof. And I don't, I wouldn't say every pageant contestant has this. Um, I know pageant contestants that have, are definitely the cool kids, the popular kids or whatever that means to them. Um, but it's, it's a big one. And I think that's why so many winners after they've given up their title have such a struggle because they don't necessarily have that same validation experiences outside of pageants. Yeah. I, I had that experience when I was, when I lost my first business. So, I mean, it'd be kind of, you know, I guess the equivalent would be dethroning or getting decrowned. But um, I was like, gosh, who who am I? Because I had lost everything. <laughs> I'm like, who, who am I? And I really hit like rock bottom. And I was just like, I really had to question like, gosh, who am I? Like, what what value do I bring? Who am I without this, this particular company? And um, so I do get that from that perspective. When you didn't win your first pageant, the impact was not, did it further validate that you're an outcast or um, it it seemed like it did not have that effect on you, but I wanted to make sure. Yeah, it didn't. So I'll give a quick timeline for, for me personally, and this isn't to um, reflect on Rachel at all, but so it's totally separate. I, I was at my darkest point when I was 11 years old. That was when I really felt like totally invisible to the world. And I competed in my first pageant when I was 13. Mm. So just being able to do something for myself that nobody else could comment on was the best thing for me. Because at that time, like pageants weren't live streamed. They weren't on social media. I wasn't posting pictures on Instagram right after. So it was something that my my mom and I could pack the car and do on our own. And that was what we enjoyed. Mm. And like, so to go to Rachel and like even for you too, and I feel like this is a common experience. Like you, you, you don't win the crown and then you come back. Right. Mm-hmm. And you, you try it all over again for Rachel. That's that's really impressive because, I mean, she didn't win, attempted suicide and then came back mm-hmm. to compete like many years in a row. So I find that really courageous, a really courageous action. Very courageous. And I, we're going to hear more about how just how courageous she is shortly. So why don't you just keep going, Stephen, because I think there's some good nuggets coming up. Okay. So what Rachel didn't know at this time is that she was diagnosed um, of with bipolar disorder, which led to her having an extreme reaction to losing the Miss Utah USA pageant. And she had admitted to she had been admitted to the psychiatric ward several times after where she had learned about her newfound diagnosis. Exactly. So there was an underlying cause here for Rachel and that's what 
perpetuated the spiral. And Rachel had also not made it publicly known that she was bisexual at that time. This added an additional pressure on her emotionally. And it's also important to know that Utah ranks fifth in the nation for its suicide rates and that the LGBTQ community are particularly vulnerable to depression and more likely to attempt suicide. So it was kind of like all of this at once. Yeah. And a 19-year-old, oh my gosh. Yeah, gosh. And then, so at, at this time, Rachel's top priority was self-care, naturally. Um, mm-hmm. Her self-care is still the most important thing in helping her maintain her happiness and mental wellness. And she became much more mindful of how she treats her body, her mind, and her time, which I think is great life lesson for everyone, whether you're 65 or 16. Yeah. And this is the main reason that mental health awareness and suicide prevention are Rachel's advocacies. While many contestants speak about mental health, Rachel directly shares her personal story and struggles with suicide, mental health, and more specifically, bipolar disorder. Rachel also created the hashtag I am why and love that because she realized that she had to be her own reason to keep working towards her personal goals and mental wellness. And she looked elsewhere for years and struggled as no one else could give her answers, give her the answers to why she should keep going. And she had all the answers herself. She just had to be the reason to keep fighting against her illness. And this type of courage is what queens are made of. There is more to winning a pageant than just walking on stage. It comes from overcoming personal obstacles and learning the lessons associated with these mistakes and struggles. Yeah. So in December, 2019, Rachel delivered a motivational speak at TEDx Citrus Park women event with the topic. I am why I am here. Part of the talk is about shining a light on mental health stigmas and over and empowering women to be their own hero. And it was a year ago that Rachel also publicly came out as being bisexual. She knew that this did not define her and should not allow people to judge who she is. But it felt she felt it was important for her own self-acceptance and healing. She had gone through a lot of challenges and experiences, and she wanted to continue connecting and impacting a marginalized group of individuals. Yeah, sometimes secrets lose their power when you just share them. Or like that negative self-talk or your insecurity, Mm -hmm. they really do lose their power if you're just like, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. Because people are like, oh my gosh, like me too. Or like, oh, totally support you in that. And then you realize maybe it's not as big as a deal as what you're making it. So her sexual preference should not impact her competing in pageants, but the LGBTQ community is still very underrepresented in pageantry and Rachel plans to turn this all around. So let's talk about her background. She was born in California but grew up in Utah for most of her life. She worked with MMG model and talent located in California, which has given her several opportunities to appear in print and commercial modeling. In the past, we've seen previous Miss USAs with a talent and modeling background like Olivia Colpo and Olivia Jordan. Pursuing a career as a model or actress does not come to those who do not take action and work at their craft. And this gives Rachel a definite advantage when when competing at Miss USA. She has already experienced rejection, castings, callbacks, bookings, and her work and efforts have paid off as she has worked with beauty and healthcare brands, and she signed official deals as the brand face for BMW commercials. Rachel has also performed roles in the movies The Swerve and Max Rules. Yeah, and Miss USA is going to be representing many companies and businesses like these and sponsors throughout her year-long reign, and it is essential that Rachel has had this experience to help her understand the role of the title. And Rachel also works as a suicide prevention advocate for the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention and Crisis Text Line. She consistently carries her platform of suicide prevention and mental health through her work, 
pageantry, and through speaking opportunities. Yeah, it is clear that the values of hard work and determination have been instilled in Rachel at a young age and that she was able to use her experience working as an actress, a model, and a mental health advocate in her career and in her uh, pageant preparation. And her pageant journey towards the Miss USA stage has been going on for seven years. Since she was born in California but grew up in Utah, this allowed her to compete in both of these state systems. Rachel predominantly competed in the Utah system, being that that is where she lived. And the state of California is known to be much more competitive and difficult to win, which is like, why not, right? right. If you're next to a border state and one state is less competitive, then compete there. I mean, smart move for, for Rachel. And Miss USA has changed the rules, and I don't know them specifically, but I think you can actually compete in two states in the same year if you have double occupant double occupancy is not the <laughs> If you have double dual, residency. Double dual, dual residency. Dual residency. Yeah, there you. we go. I've been, doing, I've been booking vacation. <laughs> With our powers combined, yes, we will get it. Uh, yeah, so they did change that rule because we actually had somebody call and say, This is like this is a big thing, it's a big scandal, and it was the same year when they flipped it. So we looked into it and I was like, gosh, is this I mean, she definitely did compete in both, but yeah, they, they switched up the rules. Yep. And we already mentioned how Rachel's first pageant experience went in 2014, where she was unplaced. Throughout the next year, she spent focusing on her mental health and wellness, and she still returned the following year. Yeah, she remained unplaced at the 2015 Utah State Pageant. And each year, Rachel, she competed, she gained more experience and focused on improving. She appeared at the Miss Utah USA 2017 pageant and placed as a semifinalist. From there, she went unplaced at Miss California USA. So she switched things up in 2018 and then again placed as a semifinalist at Utah 2019. And like we said, it's not uncommon for contestants to compete for years before winning their state title. So if this sounds like you, keep going. And we always talk about the biggest of all, Crystal Stewart, seven years at Miss Texas USA and then one Miss USA. Yeah. And like, let this also be, uh, let it be an encouragement to you. I mean, she's overcoming like clinically diagnosed bipolar, right? And then also the mental hurdles that she, all the, what we read about before to, and then also overcome these, like not achieving her goal, but she stayed at it. And that tenacity has, as we've clearly seen with movies and acting, uh, modeling that it's helped her be successful in all these other areas of her life. So kudos to her, but also let Rachel inspire you in your journey. Cause she yeah. is clearly someone to follow in this. Mm-hmm. Um, so before going into Miss Utah USA 2020, Rachel had openly shared her past struggles with mental health and she had several successful modeling and acting uh, acting bookings and she spoke at a TEDx conference and also came out publicly as being bisexual. Rachel found the pageant community to be very supportive of this and it gave her strength and guidance going into the pageant. And while Rachel had improved over the years, each competition adding to her experience and pageant resume, the most important thing she changed was her mentality. She did not need to improve her walk, her platform, her interview. She needed to be fully accepting of who she was. This is all Rachel ever needed to win, and she made her dreams come true by winning the title of Miss Utah USA 2020, and she will make history as the first openly bisexual woman to compete at Miss USA, which is a tremendous win for the entire LGBTQ plus community. Yeah, it's pretty interesting how the moment she was just like, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. This is who I am, like it or not. Like that's the year she won. Yeah. Yeah. So Rachel had this to say. She said, after I chose to come out, 
many people ask why it matters that I'm bisexual. There's a reason why no one else has ever came out during a pageant before. Many LGBTQ plus people live much of their life um, in secrecy, fearful of discrimination, and pageants are historically conservative. And the LGBTQ community, that people often found helping backstage, afraid to step out or to be seen for who they are. And Rachel continues to say, this is unacceptable. I believe that all people, regardless of their sexual orientation or mental health diagnoses, deserve the same opportunities to be on that stage. And Rachel has said that she inadvertently thinks being in pageantry delayed her coming out. So this is really interesting because, and a coaching moment all tied into one, because again, Rachel and I have had very similar, but very different experiences in the pageant world and how it's made a made a role, played a role in our lives. But I would say this is the coaching moment. Everyone's journey is different. So like Rachel had to come out on her own time. And when she, like the worst thing that could have been is she came out where she was ready to come out and to really have the confidence to do so. But in 2020, we are in a place like, don't hide who you are. I remember one of my very first clients I ever had, she was like, well, I have a spinal curvature and it causes me to walk differently in swimsuit and my body is just like looks weird in a swimsuit but she's very fit very thin so in all of the other phases of competition she looks like you would never know anything is wrong and I said are you talking about that in interview she goes no I've always been told it makes me look weak to talk about it and I'm like girl <laughs> instead of them wondering what what's they're seeing that they're not expecting in swimsuit they'll see strength courage like overcoming an obstacle and it'll make sense. And you'll be inspirational in that moment. Yeah. It's so different. So different because interview is your opportunity to kind of tee that sort of thing up. Mm -hmm. Right. And for people to fall in love with a story, like everyone loves an underdog. We all cheer for an underdog. And, you know, for the Rachels of the world that you're hiding this insecurity or maybe something that you don't think that the pageant community will accept. I mean, look at our Miss Universe that's testimony right there that we are willing and like ready to accept like women without long hair, <laughs> right? Like, not I quite mean, the same, but <laughs> yes. right from there, but also like, um, oh, some other examples are <laughs> when I said that, and then you said, I'm like, okay, poor, but no, poor I, example. I have some good ones. I have some okay, good ones. yeah, I have some good ones. go ahead. I'll jump in. So, um, I'm gonna hop to. Old school Miss America, so it's not quite equitable to Miss USA, but it still makes a difference. I think it was 2011, Claire Buffy was Miss New York at the time. She was the first woman to to have a a pageant platform in support of the LGBTQ community. She was America's choice. Mm -hmm. Then I don't know if it was the next year or the year after that. that, Then it was a woman who was competing openly with autism. I think it was autism. Um, and that community rallied around her, and she was America's choice. Yeah. So it's like America, Amer- I shouldn't say just America, the entire world wants to see themselves in these overachievers. So the women that are competing in pageants that are different, make no mistake, they are not your average run-in-the-mill person, but they are inspirational and aspirational for those in the community they represent when they open their mouths and say, hey, this is who I am, and someone else can say, Wow. I can do this too. Yeah. That's that's where you're going. So I know you're going in the right way. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Okay, see my heart behind it, not necessarily got, in the words in that it. situation. Thank you. You're 
So it was more important for Rachel to be a spokesperson for the communities that are underrepresented in society rather than worrying about how the other judges or contestants may perceive her. Miss USA is a global platform that will allow Rachel to change the belief in others' minds as to what a pageant queen is and what beauty looks like. Pageants come with a certain perceived image that title holders are the leaders who are always helping others and that they don't need help themselves. But Rachel is constantly speaking to others to show that we are just all people trying to live our best lives while helping others. Yep. And this will take me into a real quick coaching moment. The most perfect definition of a queen is someone who is determined to be her authentic and genuine self. If you find yourself competing and ultimately not winning year after year, it may be a good idea to do a self-evaluation. I see this all the time because they're focused on what can be improved. Do you need to get a coach to help you with your walks? Do you need to identify your platform and get more involved with them? But most of the time, do you need to show up in a more natural way that's consistent with who you are on a personal level? They're projecting someone that they're not because they're using it as a security blanket, a safety blanket of like not having to open themselves up. You should never change who you are to be a title holder. The best way to connect with the hearts of others in the community is to be self-accepting and open to your vulnerabilities and struggles because these make you who you are. And like we said earlier, somebody out there is going to get it because they're in the same boat with you. So Rachel needed to realize that she was worthy enough before winning a title, before she could ever win being herself. Wow. Mm. And once she was able to be fully honest with herself and the people around her, who she is, the title came effortlessly. Like what a testament to being honest with yourself and totally open. And so for, for Rachel, this is her thing. But for yes. you that are listening, your thing is that one thing that I say, you should share that in an interview and your immediate thought is embarrassment or like, I can't share that. Right. That's like, that's the thing that you need to explore. Um, because it's that thing right there that subconsciously could be holding you back from winning the crown. Because yeah. the thing is, if you're wanting to keep that thing a secret and you're not willing to tell people, like let's say an interview, if you win the crown especially on something that's a national spotlight like USA universe, the there's going to be a spotlight on you. And then so subconsciously you'll keep yourself away from winning the crown for fear of this secret getting exposed. But once you let it out on your own terms, you will give yourself the grace and basically the confidence to be like, okay, I let this out. This is me. You're either going to crown me or you're not. And then that, kind of mentality and that kind of confidence is what helps you win their pageant. Exactly. It's so true. It's so true. And whether it's um, a physical ailment that we can't see, whether it's one that we can see, whether it's a parental issue that, you know what, like you don't want to embarrass your parents, talk to your parents about them say, Hey, you know, this is something I feel like you and I can be an inspiration with together and see how they feel about that. And then like in Rachel's case, like finally opening up to being openly bisexual and living with bipolar disorder. Like we all have stuff. Yeah. Buying closed doors that we think defines us in a negative way. And I promise you, you have somebody in common that you can help. Mm, love that. So Rachel's, yeah. Rachel's focus is now preparing for the Miss USA 2020 pageant, which the date shocker, we're still waiting to be announced. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's kind of the norm. 
Well, she's continuing to promote her platform by speaking to schools and businesses about suicide prevention and bipolar disorder. Her goal is to continue sharing the challenging times in her life because the experiences she had with mental health can positively impact others going through similar situations. And Rachel never wanted to be identified by her mental illness or sexuality, and she never will be. Uh, Others will always have an opinion about someone who is or how someone should be. Rachel is an artist. She's a speaker. She's an actress. She's a comedian. She's a painter, a mentor, and wow, so many other things. And she continuously empowers others to realize that we are all alike. She does not want others to be like her. She wants them to be more like themselves. As she prepares for Miss USA, she will continue to cultivate the strength and ambition to create waves in the pageant community. So remember Rachel's story as you watch her at Miss USA. Realize that you have the exact same potential as Rachel to compete and to win any pageant you show up at as long as you show up realizing you are more than enough to win beforehand. Mm -hmm. And in her words, pageantry can be an exercise in empowerment. To succeed in modern pageantry, it's no longer just about your walk. You have to know who you are. The rigorous preparation and training cultivates strength and ambition. And as Miss Utah USA 2020, I am excited to see the ripples of change that follow in the industry as more women find their authentic voice. And if you would like to be a featured contestant for our next podcast, create a contestant profile with all of your information, hidden facts, and what makes you special. Then email support at pageantplanet.com with the title podcast feature so we can review your profile and we will let you know within 24 hours after you submit if you're scheduled. Also, a special shout out to Maria Giorlando for doing the race research on Rachel. And thank you for listening. And if you've received any benefit from this show or from ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It might seem like a small action, but it really does help us keep the show going. So until next time, take care. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.